what is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be digging into Romans. Um, have you ever found yourself at a place where sin just seems to be so prevalent in your life and it seems like it is just so hard to combat? Um, know that you are not alone. Today, we're going to kind of be discussing that. We're going to be uh, discussing what Paul had to say about that. And so let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. All right, all right, all right. What's up, Kyler? How you doing today? Hey, guys. What's up? All right. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25 is really kind of what we're digging into today. So if you want to pause this and then kind of read over it, or you can just follow along, whichever the way you like it. But um, Paul, let me let me start off with uh, how this all come about. So the last few weeks, I've had I've had conversations with many men um, about just sin in their life, right? And they're like, man, you know, I've heard a couple of times, I just don't know that I could do this. You know, I just don't know that I can, I can keep, uh, from sinning. I don't know that I could, um, you, you know, and you just see condemnation just all over them, their, their lives. Right. And, um, you know, they're just, just beating themselves up about it. You know, I've done this and I've done that. And, you know, some of them, some of the things are pretty, pretty bad. Some of them are not, you know, I mean, regardless, sin is sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm like, guys, you know, Jesus knew we weren't going to be able to to overcome sin, right? You know, I mean, he he, he knew that. That's where, he, you know, he died. He, the, the grace to, to cover, the, you know, even the, the, the future sins. Now, now, understand me as I go along here. This is not a permission to sin. This is a God understands that you failed. Now, dust your knees off and keep going. You know, repentance means to turn away from your sin. It doesn't mean to continue to sin because you felt bad about what you did and you don't really change anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, repentance means to, you know, do a 360, turn away from it. So uh, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, Paul gives such a good description of, you know, his own struggle with sin. Um, you, you know, the flesh and the law and, and all that stuff. And so, Kyler, are you ready to read that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So starting in 14, he says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who did it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out for. I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be the law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, 
Who will deliver me from the body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Yes. He, you know, and there's there's a lot to unpack here. So we're going to try to fit all of this in one podcast. Yeah. We're, we're going to try, you know, but you don't see that, you know, Paul's problem is the lack of desire to do good. Right. Right. That's that. This is not the problem. The problem that he's facing that even though his desire to do good, he the the sin or the flesh that that dwells within him is powerful. You know, it is it he finds, you know, he knows what he's supposed to do, but he finds himself doing the things that he hates. Right. How many of us have ever been in that situation? All you the know. time. Yeah. I mean, good grief. I don't even know that I could count on, you know, my hands and my toes. Right. <laughs> you know, but but seriously, we find ourselves in these situations and we're like, man, you know, what in the world? You, you know, we know, you, you know, as men, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last podcast, you know, as men, we want to do what is right. You know, we, we want to serve Christ. We want to be the leader for our families. We want all these things. But then you have this this fight, literally inside. It's a spiritual fight. On the inside, your flesh is pulling you one way. The spirit man is pulling you another. And, you, and, and at times, you lose that battle. Yeah. Right? He, you know, and, um, you know, Paul said that it's, it is no longer I, I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Um, and that's, that's a powerful, that's a, that's a powerful statement all on its own, you know? And so, and it shows the power of sin inside of our lives. Right. My point in all this is to bring the light that, that if you are the person that, that can, can identify with Paul in the scripture, you're not alone. You know, we all are in this situation. And that's, that's something that I was trying to, to encourage these guys with is, you know, Hey, you are not the only person that has dealt with this thing, you know? And so we're going to kind of unpack a little bit of, of what Paul's trying to say here. If we went through verse by verse, we would be, it would be a couple of podcasts probably. So we're going to try to fit all this in there. So I want to encourage you to really do it in depth study of Romans six, seven, and eight. Um, they're, they're very, very good. Um, so let's jump right into it. So, um, Romans chapter seven, verse 20, I know I'm, I'm jumping down there a little bit, you know, prior to that, you know, talk, Paul talks about, you know, the law and, and he agrees with the law that it's good. Um, and you know, 17 so now i am no longer the one doing it but the sin that's living in me right we we just kind of discussed that um you know but you jump down to 20 it says now for i do i now Now if i do if i I do do what yes it is no longer i who do it but the sin that dwells within me thank you that's a tongue twister it is (laughs) you do that i do that we do that i do that you do that yeah 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 i'm glad you read that it's up but um but i like hold on on, onto that note sorry backtrack just a little bit okay but i like that when he's talking about this you know it's very hard to read it doesn't matter which version you go to 
I mean, I read out the ESV version. He's reading out the CSB version. I mean, there's, you still have the, I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it. It's, it's funny that he puts it that way and how he wrote it, I think is very purposeful because I was reading it and I didn't think about it this way, but there's a similar message um, that is on bible.org that talks about it, but it talks about it as the, the, the merry-go-round of sin is how he mm-hmm. puts it. And when you're looking at his words, I mean, and you dissect the verses, I mean, verse 14, 15, and 16 are like the first cycle of the merry-go-round versus 18, 19, and 20 are like the, the next cycle of the merry-go-round and then 21 through 25 are the next cycle. But he, he keeps going back to his words. He keeps going back and forth and that's exactly what he's trying to portray here. And I, mm-hmm. I know you're going to get to that, but like it's, it, you have to start from the very beginning when you're looking at the cycles because he, he wants to know, he knows the law. He says in verse 14, I know the law, but I'm flesh. I'm sold under sin. And he's like, yes. but, and I don't understand my actions. I, I, I do the things I'm, I don't want to do. I do the things I don't, that I don't understand why I do it because I'm over here. And this, I, when I read this, I read it like a monologue. Like Paul's like, I don't know. He's got multiple personalities at this point in time. And so <laughs> he's like over here talking and he's like, but wait, I don't want to do that. But why am I doing that? And that sometimes like I do that, especially like when I'm going through life and I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be saying this. I shouldn't be, but why am I doing it? Right. And, but he says it's because we're acting in our flesh. It's because for I do not understand my own actions for I do not what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do not want, and then it goes back and he says, so now it's no longer me. It's the sin that dwells in me for that I know. And I, I just like how he, they put it in here and he says, it's Paul's experience here as being on a merry-go-round of sin. He's doing the same thing over and over in spite of good intentions to the contrary. He wants to stop, but he can't. And so the overall feeling is one of powerlessness. He knows that he's doing wrong and he wants to pleasure God, but he's not able to do so. Sin gets the upper hand again and again. And I liked how he backtracked because it, I mean, we're focusing on this, but go back and read the verses up top because the verses up top laid the foundation because it talks about how, how, God gave us the commandments. Yes. But then he talks about how, you know, if we never got the commandments, we wouldn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's okay. You're right. Think about it. Yeah. Like a speed limit sign. You wouldn't know you're speeding without that sign there. That's right. Exactly. And that's the hard part that it gets into us is we, we need the Bible. We need it to give the right and wrong, but we wouldn't know it was right or wrong unless God gave it to us. And that's where he's at. He's trying, he's like, I know it's wrong. But then why is it wrong? It's wrong because God tells us to, but God tells us to because we're acting in our flesh and I can't act in my flesh, I can act in my spirit. And that's where we're all at. And yeah. I love how Paul makes that just, I mean, he makes it very simple, but not at the same time. Yeah. If if that's any clear, I mean, it's as clear as mud when you're reading it. But then when you do the study on it, you're like, you're right. Like mind blown here. Like, yes. yeah, I'm on this merry-go-round of sin. How do I get off? It, yes. And that, and that's the, that's the point, you know, and, and I think that all of us can identify with Paul, you know, through this and that all of it, this, this, um, this miracle round, you know, that, that you're, that you're speaking about, you know, there is a, uh, there's a quote here funded. I just had it. Where did it go? Um, from, there it is all right so from griffin thomas it said that 
the one point of the passages is that it describes a man who is trying to be good and holy by his own efforts and is beaten back every time by the power of indwelling sin. It thus refers to anyone regenerate or unregenerate. You know, and and, the, and this is this is true. You know, because we know we know Paul's state spiritually by this point, right? Paul is, you know, he's a leader. He's he's teaching. You know, he's writing this book to the Romans. You, you know, all these different things. Um, and he, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he was in prison when this book was written. You know, for for the gospel, right? Yeah. And yet, you see him trying to describe even his own his own desire for sin, right? Right. And so the. <laughs> It's so it's so difficult at times, and yet he, he, I was I was described to this guy. I was like, "Hey, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Second Corinthians ten four and five. It talks about bringing every thought underneath the captivity of Jesus Christ, right? Right. And so I, I keep going back to this. Not every thought is your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, there are times when thoughts pop into our head that are literally put there by the enemy. Yes. And what happens is we enjoy those thoughts and we entertain them, mm-hmm. which turns into sin. Right. Right. Because every thought, everything that you will ever do, good or bad, will start with a thought. Exactly. And so if if we entertain these thoughts, you see you see this this outward battle of uh, of the, this fight, you know, that Paul's trying to describe. And basically what he's doing is he's letting the Romans know, hey, you're not alone. You're not the only people who have to deal with this. Exactly. You know, and so many times the enemy will put this thought in our mind. And then the moment that we're like, hmm, right? I mean, the, the moment that we go, hmm. He go, you're not a Christian. Yeah, I can't believe you think something like that. You filthy dog. You know, he's just right over the top of us, just beating us down. And he's the one that put the thought there in the first place. Yeah. He will use anything and everything. everything. That's where we have to take those thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I mean, it's not easy. It is not easy to control, especially because we are always battling in our minds. Because that is where, like, the that's our driving force. That's what we think every single time. And the devil knows that. He knows, you know, your actions and everything else, but what makes you do those things? Mm. I mean, you have voluntary and involuntary movements. Your breathing is involuntary and that's all in your brain. So, and he knows that. And so when we are doing things that we're not supposed to do or we're thinking things we're not supposed to, or he puts those thoughts inside of our head, we have to take those captive. And that's the hard part here. That's where what Paul's trying to say is, I know that I don't need to do this and I need to take it captive, but how do I do it? And how do I get there? Why do I do it? Yes. You know, and, and you see this this um, theme, okay, and actually probably starts in probably somewhere in about 13, verse 13 instead of 14, but between verse 13 and verse 24, Paul refers to himself about 40 times. You see, so now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin that is living me, for I know you know, for if I do what I do not want to do, I agree. You, you know, so you see this common theme. He refers to himself over and over and over. And th- I think it paints a beautiful picture of what really happens. Yes. 
Paul is trying to combat the sin figuratively on his own, right? He, and I think that this is the picture that he's trying to paint throughout these scriptures. You know, here we are, we're like, oh my goodness, I, you, you know, you see down at, in verse 24, you know, he says, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. And you just see this, you know, what a, a stern word to use, right? And it was very intentional. You know, he goes through this whole, this whole spill of, you know, this battle with sin. Then he says, what a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this? And then you go down to verse 20, 25. And it says, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I I myself am serving the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. And you see, even though he's trying to combat this the entire time, right? Some 40 times through there. In the end, he really, you know, he's like, okay, it's not just me. Like, I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus, you know, and, uh, and so many times you just see this over and over and over again in men's lives today, you know, they're, they're striving to do good. They're striving to, to, to fight the good fight and they, they fail and they fail and they fail. And, you know, and then they just, instead of, instead of just picking themselves up, they just beat themselves to, you know, to, to pieces, you, you know, and they just live this, this, Oh, this, you know, this just this blah, life because they just feel dirty all the time because they can't seem to get over this, you know. And so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to jump back into the end of uh, chapter seven and then the beginning of chapter eight. We'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by the Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 North Westwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Are you new here in heaven? Yeah, I just arrived. So what did you do to get into heaven? Well, I don't know. Uh, I found a wallet once with $1,000 in it and returned it all to the owner. Ever think what it would be like if we got to heaven by being good? Is that all? Well, what did you do to get in? I put my boy through college by unselfishly working every weekend for 10 years making bean dip to sell at the flea market. Wow. That's nothing. I invented the cure for placebocytis, which saved the lives of thousands of people who didn't even know they were sick. Ooh. 
wait a minute, I single-handedly took on 12 gang members to protect a little old lady. Wow. wow, when did you do that? About a minute ago. The Bible makes it clear that heaven is a gift from God to those who trust Him. It's not something we earn or deserve. Heaven won't be filled with proud or boastful people. You know, I never thought heaven would be so hot. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by R.L. Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel, you can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573 686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, guys, we're back and we're talking, we're in Romans chapter 7. If you're just tuning in or you're just hearing this part and you haven't heard the rest of the podcast, go back and read chapter seven. We're starting in verse 14 through 25, and then we'll go into a little bit of chapter eight in a minute. But the last part of Romans seven says this, we're starting in verses 23. Okay. But I see in my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Here's what, here's what we're talking about for we took a break. It said, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. And here's what, what I want to make sure that we take captive. Cause we're talking about captive thoughts is that when you get saved, okay, God gives you a new nature, but he does not eradicate everything from your past. Yeah, oh, that's good. He covers it. Don't get me wrong. He covers every sin that you've ever committed. And he washes it white as snow, but that doesn't undo what you've done. Mm-hmm. And here's the analogy I want you to think about. When you buy a new house, you get all the problems that came with that house. You get everything behind it. It takes some time to clean. It takes some time to make it the way that you want it, the way that you need it to be. And that's what happens when God saves us is we have to work daily. We have to strive daily to become or to make the house the way that we want it, the, our temple. Because that's what our body is, is a temple. And you've heard us talk about it more than once. But that's the purpose here. And that's what he's getting at verse 24. He's like, I'm a wretched man. I don't know who can help me from this. Mm. And then he's like, but wait, God can. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, he will save me. He will help me. He doesn't say that it undoes everything that he's ever done. Because, and I find it funny. Because when I was looking at different um, analysis of this verse and where he's talking, they were fighting about whether he was saved or not. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. Like if he was saved, then he, he would know. But if he's not saved, then he doesn't know. But that's not true. Right. I mean, even those who are saved, we have our doubts. Like, am I really saved? Like if I was really saved, I wouldn't do that. And that's where like once in grace, always in grace and those type of things get me because 
we're not perfect. We can't be perfect. Right. And that's the point here is when you get saved, he does not take everything away that you've done. Mm. Okay. He makes it a part of your story. He makes it a part of your testimony that you can capitalize on and that you learn from. Those are now your lessons. They're your building blocks for your faith. They're your building blocks for your story. They're where God wants to take you from. And he's going to use that to take you to where he wants you to be. And that's the part that I wanted, well, I wanted to make sure that we, we hit real quick because that stuck out to me. I was like, you're right. He doesn't. He, and there's a song. I don't know why I'm singing it. I have no idea where it came from, but it says, if the Lord builds a house, then nobody can tear it down. And I was like, all right. And I've, I can't tell you, I mean, I, I was on my way home and it wasn't the song that was playing and I don't even remember listening to the song, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Once we get saved, if we allow the Lord to build it, okay, build the foundation and work through it, he can help us. That's right. You know, and so there's a, there's a quote here by David Guzak. says, sin is able to war within Paul and win because there is no power in himself other than himself to stop sinning, right? And so you see this, and even as Christian men, even on a solid foundation, we find ourselves in these stages of life where maybe we have gotten laxed, right? We still love Jesus. We still want to serve Jesus. We, we want to be a good leader, but we have, we have become lax, right? We, we become, you know, and so sin dwells up and we try to stifle it out. Well, we're not big enough. We're not strong enough in and of ourselves to conquer the sin that is inside of us. Right. You, you know, um, what's the verse that talks about, you know, how uh, all sin is, is, um, um, oh, how does it go? I think it's in James, but it talks about how, you know, the sin that is in us is part of who we are. Right. Right. You, you know, and, um, and so the, 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 what is naturally that our flesh wants is what we deal with. Right. So if, if I, I was an alcoholic for years and years and years, or you will just use, you know, my, my own testimony, you know, like pornography, that is something that I have to, to, to crucify. Right. And if, if I try to do it in and of myself, it doesn't work. Right. If I don't stay on top of that, you know, kind of like what you were talking about. If I don't bring every thought captive, right. If, if I don't stay on top of that game and make sure it'd be like, Hey, this is not my identity anymore. I am a child of God. My house is on a firm foundation. It's not on, uh, on sand. It is not, this is not who I am anymore. I'm a child of the, of the most high King, Yes, you know, and I have to have this conversation often with myself, yes. you know, just fighting. And what it is, is it's spiritual warfare. But throughout this, this entire chapter, you see that he is, he's beating himself up about it, you know? And, um, I love, you know, of course, we all know that the Bible wasn't written with verses and chapters, right? You know, you know, when Paul was writing this out, he wasn't like, uh, Romans chapter seven, verse one, da, 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 verse two, da, you know, he wasn't like that. And I really think that they should put a one at the end of, at the end of seven. I think it would be very good, you know, because oftentimes you stop there, right? Um, but, uh, Chapter eight, verses one, after you see this, this fight with him he, inside of himself, he comes to the conclusion at the very end of, the, of chapter 27 and verse 25, that is Jesus Christ, right? So you could jump over to 
chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, and so, so many times, you know, we go back to, to the thought, not every thought is your own. So many times we mess up and Satan loves to condemn us, mm-hmm. right? And again, if, if you've never heard this before, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm-hmm. Conviction is when you do something and God's like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Or just before you do it, you know, hey, you don't do it. Don't do it. You, you know, we all have that, that gut feeling, you know, that, that I, sh- I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. And then we were ignorant and we do it anyways, right? I'm, t- I'm talking to myself. And, um, and then the enemy's just like, oh my gosh, you were the worst person on earth. You know, I mean, he really does. Right. You were the scum between my toes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. A little rascal. Reject that. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, he does. He, he makes you feel so bad all the time, you know, and there are people who struggle with condemnation and guilt in shame that it rules their life they cannot seem to get past it you know and paul is trying to paint a picture here in in this in really in chapter six seven and eight right of of grace and you you know all this stuff and so if you do a study do not stop at the end of six do not stop at the end of seven go all the way through eight and um and so because paul really talks about a lot you know so we'll just we'll just keep going you know so verse three says for what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh god did he condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering now that verse all on its own is a, a, a mic drop moment, right? Yes. That he, God condemns sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful set flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You know, and this, you see the transform. In chapter seven, Paul was trying to do it on his own. You know, and now he's describing what it is to do it in the spirit and how Jesus has conquered the sin that is inside of us. You know, we can't, we can't do it. We're not strong enough to do it on our own. And when you try, you will fail every time because we in our flesh are not. But there was, but Jesus who, in the likeness of sinful flesh for a sin offering that the law would or the the requirement would be fulfilled verse 5 says for those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of flesh but those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on the things of the spirit this is the key Right, you go down to six. Now the mindset, I love that word. The mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. 
you know, people all the time, you know, talk about turmoil and, and anxiety and, you know, all these different things. And they're so pessimistic and, and all this stuff. And it, it's, it's about a mindset. We need to do a podcast on a mindset. It's been a long time since we've done one. Um, but it is, it's all about your mindset, you know, and Paul describes it right here, eight, six. Now the mindset of the flesh is death because when we dwell on the things of the flesh, it can only lead to death, right? Because our fleshly, our flesh desires sin. Paul talked about it in, in chapter seven, it desires sin. It desires to do what he knows is wrong. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. And that's where, I mean, if you've not listened to the last uh, 13,000 podcasts we've done and you've not heard us talk about intentionality and purpose, that's where this mindset comes. Mm -hmm. It's not to condemn people. It's not to tell everybody that they're wrong and the way of thinking is wrong. All we're trying to say is everything that comes in your mind, take captive. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about the people you hang around with. You have to be intentional about what words you allow fed into your mind or the words that you speak because our words have the spirit of life and death. And that was put into perspective for me. I always told my wife, I'm like, we're broke. We can't go out. We can't do anything. We're broke. And it wasn't the fact that we were broke, but in my mind, if I just thought that we were broke, then I wouldn't, <laughs> that I wouldn't spend any money, you know? And she looked at me one day and she said, stop saying that. I'm like, okay, why? And she was like, because you have the power in your tongue of life and death. You have whatever you say and whatever you speak is what you're speaking life into. And if you're speaking life into us being broke, then we're going to be broke. And I was like, eh. okay, put me in check, put me in my place. I get it. But she's right. And that's what Paul's talking about here is we have to purposely put ourselves in the mindset that we are a child of God, that we are children of God. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but down at the bottom, he says in verse 38, he says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's so powerful because there's nothing that we can do. And sometimes we get into our own pity parties and we're like, I've done too much. And I, I, there's so many things that the, the Lord has done. And sometimes we think that we can't go back. We can't be backslidden because, you know, we were this person in church and we were this pastor or something. And then all of a sudden we, we backslide and we go back and then we're afraid of how people will look at us. And that's a mindset of your own self. That's not a mindset of God. God doesn't condemn us. God is not here. And he talks about in verses um, 12 through 17 is in this Bible, if you never looked at BibleReference.com, go look it up because it's awesome. They say the spirit from God is not the spirit of slavery. God did not simply compel us to do his bidding. He didn't compel us to get saved. He said his, they say their spirit is a spirit of adoption. We have to accept it. We have to take it on. God makes us his sons and daughters because he wants us to be his sons and daughters. He wants us to be there. And he doesn't ever say, just like children, that we're never going to do anything wrong ever in our lives again. But what he says is, there's nothing that you can do that I'm not going to love you for. But if you make that choice to go away, then that's on you. That's your choice. And I'm going to love you either way. I mean, look at the prodigal son. Look at, look at everything that Jesus taught in his ministry on earth. There's nothing that we can do that God is not going to show his love. I mean, it even says right there, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He sent his own son to bear the weight of the world 
I mean, think about your sins. Think about my sins. Think about Anthony's sins. Think about the, the, the worst person in the world. Everybody who was in the world at that time, he wore the weight of all their sins because that's what the law said back then is they must send a sacrifice, a sacrifice to God that will wear the bait, well, that will wear the sins of their whole family, of their whole village, of their whole tribe. And the Lord was like, you know what? I'm gonna send one person that's gonna do it for everybody. I'm gonna send one person who's able to carry the weight of every single person in the entire world. And that's what he did. Think how heavy that was. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when Paul's talking about this, it's not something that we take lightly because those mindsets that he's talking about is something that has to be taught. It has to be learned. It's not something that's easy. It's not meant to be easy. Anything that's worth fighting for comes with hardships, comes with battles and, and things. He doesn't ever say, hey, you're never going to suffer a day in your life again after you, after you become a Christian. No, he says, hey, just to let you know, it's not an easy road. I mean, there's a whole Romans road to salvation. Just to let everybody know, there's a road for, for yes. your journey. But what he says is, if you're willing to accept it, I'm willing to give it. Yes, you know, and this good grief, there's so much in this in this chapter, you know, and I really want to encourage you guys, you know, um, to study out Romans six, seven, and eight. It is such a uplifting and brings such understanding to to what our mindset should look like. What what um you know our struggle with sin and and different things like that and and i love <clears throat> so you get down in eight and i'm this this may be a little bit of rabbit trail but um eight fifteen. it says for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear instead you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father in the spirit the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children and if children also heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him I mean this is this such a a powerful you know Abba father I mean think about that the spirit of adoption you know, we, we adopted, um, a boy, you know, and when we did it, he took, he took my name, you know, I mean, think about that. He took my day for, for today. And this is, it's a metal band, but uh, a Christian metal band, but they have a song and I wish I could remember what it, uh, what it, um, what the name of the song was, but it goes through and it tells, you know, make us worthy of your name, you know? And uh, this is the this is the picture that 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 Paul is trying to paint of who we are in Christ Jesus. That we are no longer that old sinful man. That we are new creatures. You know, the old has passed away, and that that's the not in here, but it, it 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 applies just the same. You know, and so men. Again, I really want to encourage you to. I, I wish we could have dug into to everyone, and we would be here all day. Um, and so I, you know, your man, do the, do the homework, you know, Romans chapter eight or six, seven and eight, dig into it. Understand if you have questions, email us real at com. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on TikTok. 
uh, YouTube. You can also check out our website, www.realmenministries.us. Um, you, you know, we would love to hear from you. We would love to, to you know, answer your questions if you've got those. And so, um, Kyler and I are very thankful for you guys. Don't forget, um, hopefully within the next few months, we'll have a book out. Um, so, you know, be looking, be looking for that. So guys, um, as always, I want to enter in prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.